This is Pivotal Tracks, a show about musicians and the song that kickstarted their love of music. My name is Katie N, and I play music under the name Katie Sin. That's my solo project, and I play with a band called Pink Neighbor. The song I chose is Dreams by the Cranberries. It's off of their album, Everybody Else is Doing It, So Why Can't We? I picked that song not necessarily because it's my favorite song, but it is a song that has shown up in my life a lot, and I um, wanted to give it some credit for being one of the most important songs that... um, sort of helped me on my path to becoming a musician and and sealing in uh, the special place that music has in my life. I had a Cranberries cassette tape of that album. I remember being three or four years old and having, I mean, I didn't buy the cassette tape. One of my parents did, um, certainly for their own music collections. But I think the tape became mine. Like, like I liked it a lot. And so I just was four and was like, this tape is my tape. And so, um, and I listened to it a lot and I, um, the memories are hazy, but I do remember being pretty young and really liking that tape. One of those early memories that I have is, um, being on a road trip with my parents and we stopped at uh, a rest stop, but it was kind of more like a park shelter thing. Um, not like a rest, rest stop where you go in and there are a bunch of like vending machines and bathrooms, but more like there's a shelter house thing. And then there's a, there's like one or two bathrooms. Anyway, the reason this is significant is because there's, uh, in this park shelter, there was a big sort of resonant, like, uh, my young child memory might not be right about this, but it was a sort of like cement, um, arch or something. And the, and the acoustics of that were really, I mean, it was really echoey and fun to like, you know, yell things into that. And so I was with my mom and we liked this song dreams a lot. And so there's this part where, um, the lead singer does this like yodeling refrain kind of really catchy thing. Um, and it's like, So we were doing that and uh, my mom and I were just sort of like joyfully yell singing that into this, this stone arch, um, situation and it was bouncing around and, um, it just sounded really good. And that was, that's like an example of a joyful childhood memory that I have because, um, and it was, (laughs) it turns out it was that song. My mom is a musician. She was a, um, music therapist as her career when I was young. Um, so she was always teaching piano lessons and working with 
um, her students. She also played a lot of music with my grandpa, um, her dad. They used to do duets. My grandpa played organ and accordion and mostly like for fun. Uh, but he was, he had fun with it and they had fun together. And so that's something that I think about also from childhood, like, like she got used to playing music with my grandpa a lot and we kind of did the same thing. My mom and I played music together a lot. Dreams is one of the first songs I learned how to play on guitar. Um, it's three chords. It's E, A, and B, or like B7 or something. And I mean, there are a couple other chords in the in this like bridgey part, but um, it was a pretty good beginner song for me. So my mom and I used to sing that song together, and I, one of us, I would sing the melody, and she'd sing the a lower harmony. When I was, I think, 13, we sang it together at this like talent show thing at a camp, uh, like a family summer camp kind of thing we went to in Pennsylvania. I was asking her today, like, why? I So I wasn't like singing and playing guitar at that point. I was just like, kind of wondering how, what that moment was like. Like, why did I, how did I feel comfortable getting up in front of people and singing for the first time? It kind of baffles me because I'm not really, I'm, I don't think I was someone that was like always performing as a kid. Um, I wasn't like that comfortable with being in front of people and being the center of attention. So it's weird. <laughs> but yeah, that song, that song must have worked its magic because I got up there and did it. And I think part of that was like, you know, it was a fun thing to do with my mom. It was um, a sweet song. Yeah. I guess I always listened to what my parents listened to um, because they were the ones that bought the CDs. And then it wasn't until I was in grade school and I was like trying to be a cool third grader that I I wanted to buy like a Britney Spears CD, even though I don't like um, I, I later on then in middle school had the the time of life where you're like. Oh, uh, the Beatles. Oh, let's have like, I, I feel like a lot of people go through similar things. For me, it wasn't just those dudes. It was also like, oh, Amy Mann and oh, like uh, Jewel. Um, it was sort of like on the tail end of these really amazing um, women in the 90s who were like doing singer songwriter stuff. So, um, so anyway, I, I think before that point, I was lucky that my parents brought new music into the home and brought music that I liked. Um, I still, you know, my music tastes are really wide ranging. Um, I still have like really visceral feelings about some of the music that they played when I was young. As an adult, like I'm trying to get back to the place where I can hear music like I did as a kid, where I'm like, I, I like that. I don't know why. I just like that. Not because it's cool, not because like Pitchfork told me to, not because whatever. It's just, it's something that I think I have to remind myself to do a lot is like to find the things I like. Um, and for me, that's a really creative 
mode to be in. I think I liked that song because of the melody. It's super catchy. It like gets stuck in your head. Everyone else knows this because it was like a top 40 hit and it was in like a bunch of movies. It's not like I'm picking some obscure song that just like means something to only me, you know. But yeah, it just it's interesting how that kind of like it checks off all the boxes for me where it's like it's a good song. It's a cool, catchy song. Um, For me, it was important in my life to have a lot of like women and femme singers and songwriters be at the front of things because in that sense, like I saw myself in that, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I don't think I did really see myself in that at that young of an age, but you know, it's one of the, it's like a little building block <laughs> there. I grew up playing classical piano Um, and at the time that I did that talent show thing with guitar, I was like really being groomed to be a classical pianist. Um, like it was in pretty intense lessons and was, um, competing a lot. Yeah. And then I quit taking piano lessons and switched to guitar and went through a thing where I didn't play piano for 10 years and stuff. So now I'm back. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) I have a memory of walking down the street as a kid being like, maybe I'll write my own song someday. And then I kind of talked myself back from that as a kid and was like, nah, like that's ridiculous. You can't do that. But, and I don't know what told me I couldn't do that. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I guess I was just learning guitar and learning how to sing songs that I liked because I liked them and I wanted to be able to play them. Like there was just a strong, I started playing guitar when I was 12 or 13 and it was only a couple years later. I was 15 or 16 when I started playing guitar and singing at a restaurant as like a job. Um, I just somehow found this restaurant and like it all I don't know how this all went down it all worked out for me to to sing songs there and I learned like I did two hour sets which is a long time um and I did I played a lot of covers I don't know I think I just didn't really know at that time what a path looked like for someone who wanted to be a musician and a songwriter and a producer and in the popular music sense, like I knew what it would look like for someone who wanted to be a concert pianist. And I kind of knew like, I don't know at that time was, that was like when American Idol was happening. So it just, it just, I don't know. I didn't really have a lot of like mentorship in the, like, this is how you be an artist. And like, you write a song and then you record it until, until I was like 16 or 17, I had a voice teacher who was a little bit like more aware of that scene and that way of doing things. I played so much music growing up. I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I just thought that people would assume that that was all I could do. I mean, uh, that's not fair to musicians because musicians can do a lot of stuff and they're that's not like you're only a musician sort of thing but for me like I worried that people would think I was not smart or something um which again it's not that musicians aren't smart it's like I didn't want people to assume 
I wanted to just like figure out what I wanted to do for myself. Um, and so I went to a liberal arts school <laughs> that, with an open curriculum where you choose what classes to take and figure that out. It was, I was really sad to find out the lead singer died recently. Um, Dolores O'Riordan died at, I think she was only like 46 years old. Um, so that was last year, a couple of years ago. Um, I listened to their, uh, an episode of a podcast called Song Exploder. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Um, with the, the other band members and I, yeah, it's really cool to get to know her better through their, through their stories and everything. And I watched an interview with her today just cause I was curious, um, about like what was going on with them when they released that album and she's so impressive. She's so cool. She wrote songs and like a lot of these people who were interviewing her were kind of, I don't know, it was a different time then and things are still not great, um, in the world, but like they were really undermining her contributions to the band, probably because she was a woman and she was just sticking up for herself in a really cool way. That was like, I don't know. I'm just happy that I had her as a role model without even knowing it. Like it's been a slow thing for me to get to know the, know the cranberries and to kind of like own them as a, you know, they have a place on my bookshelf kind of thing, but, um, I'm happy with it. I guess one of the reasons I picked this song is just that it sort of revealed how much my mom has been part of my music life and how much, how supportive she's been and how much, you know, she, so she became a physical therapist. She went back to school and became a physical therapist after she'd been a music therapist. Um, she still plays music as a hobby. Um, anyway, I just am thinking about how her relationship with her dad and the, the fact that they played music together and like how she gave that to me too. And it's just a really nice way to bond with someone. And, um, when I go home and visit, we play duets together poorly because we never practice them except when we're visiting, but we do that. And, um, yeah, I, I just appreciate the symbolism of it. Um, I recently saw Japanese breakfast at the mill in Iowa city and, um, she covered, I guess they covered the song, um, and it was really fun and the audience loved it. And I was like, Oh, other people like this song this much too. You know, it, it was cool. I, I feel like that telling that story about how I thought I would never write a song or like never be a musician. I, I try to do a lot of work now to make it accessible to people to learn how to record their own songs without having to, you know, be intimidated and ask dudes around them that like kind of take for granted their own knowledge in the in the 
industry or the scene or whatever. Um, so I shout out to girls rock camps and, um, she shreds and the women's audio mission. I always like plug these things. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of all of these organizations, but I think they really are important and matter and might save someone some time when they're like, you know, you can write a song or you can't, here's the path forward for how to do this. You can do it if you want and you're smart and you don't have to, you know, only be one thing. Those are things I wish I would have had around. I'm grateful for my mom and all of the input she gave me, but yeah, it takes a village sometimes. You can find more about Katie's solo project, Katie Sin, at katiesin.com. Katie is also a member of the band Pink Neighbor, who just released their first full-length record, Time Beach Universe. Find more information and links to buy that album at pinkneighbor.com. Our intro and outro music is from the song Familiars by the band Stubborn Tiny Lights vs. Clustering Darkness Forever, okay? you find all past episodes of Pivotal Tracks at anchor.fm forward slash pivotal tracks. There you will also find links to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher app so you can make sure you'll get the next episode when it comes out where I'll be talking to. My name is Patrick Tape Fleming. I am Gloom Balloon, and I'm also in some other bands uh, like the Poison Control Center and Pure Gut. Pivotal Tracks is produced by me, Ben Cron. Thank you for listening.